0: This is a 315 podcast. My name is Keith and alongside is Chris. And as always, we're excited that you've joined us for our podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Jackson First Baptist Church. We are a group of Christians who follow Christ in our commitment to giving you the answers for the issues of the day. Uh, We hope each week that you would send us your replies to 315podcasts at jacksonfbc.com. Today is a fun topic. It may seem a difficult topic, but for me it's a fun topic because, Chris, today we get to talk about the tough stuff. Yeah, and there's a lot of tough stuff to
1: talk about. Absolutely. Uh, One of the ones that I've always been impressed on is how do people like their steak?
0: Hey man That's a tough stuff to talk
1: <laughs> about right there because anything past medium Ain't worth talking about. Well, that's that's
0: absolutely true. And and here's another one. Is is it tough to talk about Indiana basketball after they've lost all these years in a row? I don't know. (laughs) I've just kind of
1: given up on the whole sport. I think that's why we're in a football town. Um, But if Georgia can make it 40 years before the next celebration, I think I can make it and do time with Indiana basketball. <laughs> so But there are a lot of tough things that we address um, uh, in, in life and, and, and different things. So what are some topics um, that are hard to to address?
0: Well, again, we, we kind of start off a lot harder, and we'll get into it. Let me, let me back up and, and say, folks, again, our subject matter is how can I talk about the tough stuff? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of tough stuff, but I, I want to focus on one, and so we want to teach you today how to use the Bible. Uh, as your focal point uh, when you're talking about tough stuff. And here's here's the one. When you've got somebody in your life, and and we could use examples from our own family, but we're not going to, and our people around us in our church, and if you're uh, a part of our church, the Jackson First Baptist, we're not using your story in this. Please do not think that, that we're using your story. But there are some tough things, and, and here's the one let's focus on. How do you help somebody who's hurting themselves by the way they're living. Now think about this. How do you help someone who's hurting themselves by the way that they live?
1: I think part of it is uh, how you value someone will be be how you address them. I mean, the people that we love the most are the ones that we don't want to drive away from us. So it does make it tempting to not want to address that subject or uh, to push it off as if, well, it's is it really that big of a deal? And some things are subtle, uh, and but other things are not as subtle, right? You know, if someone's in an abusive relationship, then we know that's not subtle. That's You can see that. Um, but sometimes life choices that would go contrary to God's word or standard um, that we know are hurting them, how do we still address those in their in their life? And I think you first have to start off um, within yourself on, on why you're doing or why you want to address it. Um, and so... To do that, I think you have to realize that your initial aim in helping
0: them out of their situation is love. You know, I'm thinking back to Pat Summerall. Uh, you know that name. Pat, yeah. for many years, started out with CBS and and then went to Fox News. He was a, a great broadcaster, but he struggled with hurting himself with alcoholism. And uh, in, in his biography of his life, his autobiography that, that he wrote, he talks about how that for years his wife – would kind of confront him a little bit, but she was always afraid of running him off. And then he met this guy by the name of John Madden. Hmm. And and if you know John Madden's story as well, uh, Pat Summerall says that John Madden saved his life because they had an intervention. He said one night he had been broadcasting, was half drunk, and uh, he asked him to meet him somewhere. And when he came into where it was, Everybody, now listen to this, folks. Everybody that that Pat Somerall loved and he thought loved him was in that room. Uh, and, and as you said, dealing with tough tough stuff, it begins with if you have a true love in your heart for them. In our community group this past well, uh, Sunday night, uh, we ask each other this question, and I'll ask it to you at this. But it's a good point as we talk about tough stuff. Why is it so hard to confront somebody that you love with a tough thing?
1: Because you're afraid of driving them out of your life. Mm. Uh, you're afraid of rejection uh, or that it may not be received well. And so you allow the the perception of losing someone to outweigh speaking the hard
0: truth in their life. At least that would be my answer to it. Absolutely true. And one one of the people in our group said it this way, and it's exactly like you said, but it's kind of worded different, is you have more at stake. Mm you know, you can, you can come up on a street corner somewhere and see somebody starting to walk across the street. You may never, never seen them before. Hey, don't do that. Yeah. But if you come up and it's your brother or your sister and they've been, have a lifestyle of something, you're, you're thinking I'm going to lose them. But ultimately, isn't that a lie of the devil because they're already going down a path that's, that's being losing?
1: It is. And if our aim is love, then we have to be able to risk some things. Uh, in, in First Timothy one five tells us the aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and good conscience and a sincere faith. And so, if I tell someone I love them, then I'm I'm wanting to endure with them in that process and and help them out of whatever. Just as I would hope they would do the same for me, um, if I'm going down ways that I shouldn't or paths that I shouldn't, um, that they would in love want to interject or. Or speak the truth
0: in my life, Uh, and that's so important. When 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 Paul says that if you have a pure heart, a good conscience, that means there's no prejudice about that. Uh, It's it's not tough stuff. If if one person likes likes to wear clothes in one way, and somebody that that's not tough stuff. But tough stuff is when someone's lost. Yeah, and you you want them to come to Christ, and you don't know what to say. That's tough. Uh, When someone's living a, a sinful lifestyle. Uh, if someone's shooting up drugs, so someone is in perversion. Folks, these these are issues that are tough stuff. But as Chris said to us, the, the guideline is our aim is love. Mm-hmm. And so let, let's walk on through that. You love them, and then what's the second thing that you want for them?
1: I think our next goal would be redemption. Mm-hmm. You would want them out of that that stronghold. Um, and redemption, if they're lost, to, to be reconciled to God um, or redemption of that sin not having a stronghold. Because we even know as believers at times we can give into the way of the devil, even after we've been saved, mm-hmm. um, that sin can still have a stronghold. So redemption is always at the forefront of our love in in, in,
0: in all people. So in other words, it's the end goal. Ephesians yeah. 1, 7 says, In him, meaning Jesus, we have forgiveness of sins through his blood. Uh, that Christ died, so, that, so in other words, he went through the tough stuff, yes uh, so that that we could do that and as as you listen today is it really worth it to talk about the t- is it really worth it to say to a mother or to a dad you know your alcoholism is killing us hmm. and you know there's so many families that that is the particular thing that they deal with and the dad says i'm hurting no one but myself that's a tough conversation it is and and as you have that, but you have to have that conversation, because it's not only hurting them; it, it's hurting the children that their dad's mind is altered or the mom's mind is altered. It hurts them financially. It, hurt, it hurts them mentally in the community around that they are. And and sometimes I counsel with folks through the years where that they say we're at an impasse. Mm-hmm. And and for me. Uh, dealing with the tough stuff sometimes, too, helps you because you're like, hey, there is hope. You're right <laughs> that there is
1: hope, but there's um, the willingness to help bring them through with the love and, and the redemption um, helps us differentiate, as you already talked about, what's the difference between a prejudice or mm-hmm. a like or dislike, and then what's really based off Scripture. And and so if I'm living through the lens of the Bible we've talked about and, and if pressed throughout our podcast Uh, leading up to this, then when I'm able to identify something that um, is a stronghold in your life that's not of God, um, then I'm not doing it based off of my preferences. I'm doing it based off of His Word. Um, And so if the end goal is redemption and giving them hope, then I have to be able to pull you to Scripture on on how to get get to that point, um, but also help you realize why it is missing the mark, and in, in, in being able to help you through that. Because uh, oftentimes we'll take preferences or prejudice, as you said, and we'll make those the tough conversations. In reality, all they are is um, our own minds working against us, and, and, and Satan in our flesh working against us, I and mean, that's not the truth that matters. The truth that matters is what's found in Scripture and how we live our lives according to that.
0: It, it cer- certainly is, and, and as you are more in the Word. It, it, and I want to say this to you as you listen today. If, if there's something that you feel that is hurting your family, that's hurting the community, hurting the country, and yeah. mo- most, most importantly, that's offending God, you, you you owe it to yourself is to find out exactly what God says. Because, you know, there, there's, there's times that, that you discover, Chris, that when you read the Bible that maybe it wasn't an issue and you thought it was
1: yeah I think oftentimes we do that or
0: and and that that comes more for um
1: being out of the context of the situation um or uh we may look at things um and read in scripture uh certain ceremonial things that we think are well that was a big deal, but but at that time, it was a Jewish custom and a, a ceremonial that doesn't apply to us at this moment in, in time, um, like head coverings or not shaving the sides of your face or, or those things. So, so when we really dive into Scripture and um, in, in not just surface level, but studying techniques and, and maybe we need to designate a whole uh, podcast on how to study Scripture thoroughly. Uh, but when, when we look at it through that lens and, and we're, we're diving into the the biblical basis of of our understanding and, and what is sin and the impact of sin and what it means to God and means for us, uh, then it helps give us a better, I guess, perspective. Um, it would be the right word and and wanting to speak truth, truth and love and, and with the redemption in mind.
0: Yeah, because you're, you're loving, you are redeem because there's something that's wrong. Yeah, you're biblically founded and we both have said the preference two or three times. Mm-hmm. I, we're actually, as we record this podcast, we're actually in part of our sanctuary now. And I look at it and we have new carpet. It's yeah. about a year old now. But, you know, when, growing up, I, a church in my community, they split. They divided over the carpet, over literally the color of the carpet. And, folks, that's the, the, that's a tough issue. That's tough stuff. But someone should have set up and said, this is not an essential argument. Yeah. But that, that is a preference diversity uh in that. Which brings me to this this next one that's some guidelines. How do how do I talk about the tough stuff? Well, you love the person you're talking to. You know that, that something's wrong. It's gotta get right. You've gone to the Bible and you want to know Second Timothy three, fifteen through sixteen. You wanna know what
1: mm-hmm. does
0: God say. And this fourth one, man, that for for me has been become gold in my life, and it's this my life must be a testimony of what I'm fighting for. Yeah. Because if it's not.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know. I think sometimes we shy away from the hard truths because of the conviction of our own lives. Yeah. Um, and, and to the point where it's like, well, I can't say that to them because I still have this skeleton. Um, and, and if we're living our lives as God called us to, then the fear of our skeletons being exposed should not be there because we've already exposed them. Um, to God. Now I I understand too uh we're not perfect, right? We're we're still um gonna have remnant of the fall um until he gives us our perfect bodies and we're in heaven and, and we're
0: rejoicing where there is no sin and temptation um of that. Let me let me interject something right here. Yeah. So are you saying and I think we both are if I'm gonna talk to you about your tough stuff, I need to be prepared for you to talk to me about my tough stuff.
1: Correct. Yeah. I think I think whenever you go to someone and you say, hey, I've seen this in your life and, and you know, you're missing the mark or, you know, that's that's not how you should be living. Uh, I think our natural response is to fire back. Um, Absolutely. Um, especially uh, and one of the things I've learned in conflict management and, and things is trying to take away the the you um, and, and I uh, approach and saying, you know, you did this and that's wrong. Um, instead saying, you know, I've noticed this um, to help ease it so we're not so defensive. But our natural regard when we're pressed against the wall is to be defensive. It's, you know, it's... our same nature. Yeah. Uh, you know, killed or be killed type mentality, whether right or wrong, you know. And, and so if, if, especially if it's something that has such a stronghold in my life, like you mentioned uh, Pat Summerall and his addiction to alcohol, for him seeing all the loved ones in there, there was still... There still had to be within him a, a point to want to fight back on it, even though he had a full support system and and there have been times in my life where someone said, "Hey, don't do that," uh, where I've been like, "Well, what about when you did this?" or "What about when you said that?" That's the point Yes yeah and, and so being able to mi- be mindful
0: of owning your own mistakes as well. when you're uh, talking to a, your child, for example, in mm-hmm. the tough stuff that's made me think about this. I've actually had that happen in the years gone by. Well, they might not say, "Well, Dad, you did this," but they say, "Well, your my my brother did this or yeah. my sister did this." And I'll always respond back to them would, would back then and say this because I was taught this. We're not talking about them now. Yeah, we're talking about you. We're talking about your particular circumstance. And in our society, that that's a hard issue. But I would I would encourage our listeners today to make sure that you are living the truth because mm-hmm. uh, sometimes I'll see – and honestly, in your life, Chris, or you may see something in my life that spurs me to do the right thing. But yeah. sometimes it's like, hey, I'm doing that same thing, and I need to clean that up. Yeah. And so it's healthy for both sides.
1: It is, especially um, the ability to own your own mistakes. Uh, you know, whenever someone fires back, well, you do this, you're right. I did I did do that, and it was wrong. It You know, instead of but trying you to give a defense. It up. Yeah. Um, in and, and, or Jesus cleaned it up for me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and helping them understand that, that the redemption for them is not because you want them to live a miserable life or not one that they want to live, but, but instead it's that redemptive quality that you're willing to swallow the pill of being humiliated. Um, and, and I think that's hard for us to overcome at times because if we're always exposed to what we do, um. Then, then we we have a hard time of owning that because uh, we're always we're always afraid of what others may think. Mm-hmm. We're afraid of how others will receive it, and because of that, um, if we don't guard ourselves in this this uh, truth of saying, "Okay, own that, be the testimony, embrace what God has brought you from," um, then we can miss the the conversations
0: that He would have for His glory. And you know, the um, devil picks up on that. He does, and he, he'll say you're not qualified to share that. And so when we love them and we see something's wrong, God's put in our heart, we want them to be right with God. We don't get beyond, let's just follow the one of alcoholism as our example. We're not picking on alcoholism. Mm -hmm. It could be obesity that you could destroy in your life. Uh, It could be any number of, of, of sinful things. But also this, the devil will say, well, they might talk you down. Yeah, You know, and they they know more. I, many times I when I was younger, and I still do it at times, well, they know more about the subject than I do. But the great thing about Scripture teaches us is this in Galatians 4 and 4, we have the Spirit. And in, in the Spirit, the Spirit of God will work. Listen, folks, the Spirit of God will work in you. I, I have watched and have heard testimonies of teenagers that have gone to a parent in brokenness and in love with the Word of God, by the way, which is sharper than any two-edged sword, the Scripture says. Yeah. They've gone with that word and were and filled with the spirit, and have come back. and I want to encourage you as you listen today. You can do it. You're not doing it in meanness to get even with somebody. I told you so. But Chris, talk about for a moment the necessity of confrontation.
1: Yeah, I've, <laughs> the necessity of confrontation is realizing what's at stake in the moment. Um, in in. You know, whether it's with a loved one or with someone um, that you may have just met on the on the road, right, or someone that you just may met in passing, um, the necessity of it is that truth, in the end, matters, um, and it matters for that individual um, for their sake of betterment. Now, when it when it's necessary for a loved one, it's that we would be in communion together; we would be uh, not unequally yoked, but but being in the same standing of, of being able to move forward. But when it's Sometimes I think we find it easier to confront someone that we won't interact with later. Um, in, in that way, I think I think the same thing applies to like evangelism. Um, you know, it's it's easier to go on a trip than it is to serve local for some people because locally people know who you are, and, and that that drives that that wedge. But if you're, I'm not going to see you again, then I have a I don't know a stronger urge to uh, to be able to speak that truth. And so I think it's a key point that you made there about being directed by the Holy Spirit. Now, if I'm directed by the Holy Spirit, then there's a sense of humility in me that I'm going to yield myself to that. Um, could you give us like a, maybe an instance in your life where you know that it wasn't, and maybe in, in a confrontation or just a moment in life that you know that it wasn't you that was directing that, but but an example of the Holy Spirit directing that for you?
0: Um, I, I could give you by the grace of God, Hundreds of of illustrations having been a, been, been yeah. a Christian all these years, uh, and and I'll be uh, generic so that okay. I don't compromise. But for example, I've been with people before, in particularly on a mission trip. You know, when you're with people and you're, you see them every day, mm-hmm. you you see things sometimes, and 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 sometimes the Holy Spirit will say hey, no one else is qualified to do this in this moment but you. Yeah, And like, why me? Because you've won the right. I, I, I would say to a parent, there's no one any more qualified to be used of the Spirit for your children than you. Yeah, A spouse, there's no one any more qualified than you are because you've done the hard time. You've been through the good. You've been through the bad. Uh, probably the hardest example for me is when you have to, from a pastor to a pastor because mm. you love so much. But there will be moments that God will, will say, this is tough, and you, you realize, am I willing to put it on the line because if I really love you enough, I, I want you to do this. Now, this is a crazy illustration, and I probably may get edited out. I don't know. But, you know, if, if we walked into if if you were on the platform preaching and I walked in the room and I saw your pants unzipped, it, do I love you by saying nothing or do I love you by saying, hey, you need to take care of that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Take care of
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely take care of it. <laughs> it, it I, you know, it's the that's how the Holy the Holy Spirit operates in truth.
1: Okay,
0: Holy Spirit tells you what Jesus is saying. So if Jesus says I'm displeased with you, how, how's He going to say that? He says it through His Word. He says it through circumstances, and He says it directly through the Holy Spirit. That's either through the Word or through a circumstance. And and if if you if you never ever hear from that, it's probably because you're not listening to that. Mm. And, and so and which brings me to another one. Um, as we segue on through, not only must you, you, you be directed by the Holy Spirit, but you must have what Hebrews talks about, this resolve to do it as many times as it takes.
1: So a need of endurance. Yes. Yeah, I think that's where we can be gung-ho about having the conversation. You're like, well, once I get that conversation out of the way, well, that's it. But that's that's not no. it. That's the beginning. You know, you've had the hard conversation that how... Can you see it through? The early church brought burdens to one another to meet those burdens, not to uh bring a burden like, okay, well, we'll we'll pray about it, but you go over here with your burden. It was no, we're gonna take care of this together now because we're a family united to take care of the hard things. And at times I think that uh the church in general, not specifically our church or, or any church, but just collectively as a whole. Um, we have missed the mark here where we've told people, don't do this, don't do that, live this way. But we've not expressed or shown them directly how to do that to the point where it costs us something to do that. Um, and, and so sometimes, you know, we get people that come in and say, you know, I need help with my marriage. And, and we could be uh, pious and say, yeah, you need the gospel and and then, you know, go get plugged in somewhere. Or we can uh, say okay, well, let's sit down. We'll talk through it, and then and then now we're going to also help you set up some boundaries and some guidelines and some steps of recovery for you. And we'll be with you as long as it takes for the recovery to ha- happen. The redemption
0: of that. So we're saying, when we're working with someone in the tough stuff, confronting yeah. them, the end goal is not for them to say I'm wrong and I'm sorry. Yeah. The end goal is for for over the long haul, it to change.
1: Yes. Yeah. And and we have to realize that that takes time. There's not a quick fix to every solution. and I mean, we can't just put a Band-Aid and hope for the best. There's Sometimes we have to help do the surgery um, and, and dig the, the root of it out. And so I, I know that, you know, if I have an addiction problem with, you know, eating, right, then I've got to be able to have things that, you know, what causes me to go down that road, what causes me to do those things, and, and I may not see that. But others see it in me, and, and so having someone walk that through and help uh, bring that out understands that that's an enduring thing. It's not it's not something I can just speed through. Not not everything in our microwave society um, applies to the tough questions or the tough yeah. conversations.
0: So we would say that pr- of a practical nature, you're not going to be able to deal with twenty people at one time or twenty topics at one time. No, yeah. one yeah. at a time yeah because of that needing of endurance and and I would go was even farther, you say you maybe not our church, but I think sometimes it is even Jackson is in our preaching. we want people to come and pray a prayer, yeah, you know you've repented now, go on and be healed, and God does do that in a moment but i, I talked to a, a brother in our church last night who's almost about to come up on a year mm-hmm. uh of working through uh, of what he was going through and to see the joy and then to know that. The endurance that his family has had, yeah, uh, there, it's just such a wonderful thing. And and then brings us to another one is that boy, your prayer life had better be in line. You you better be a person that that you're putting it before the Lord, because if if not, you're almost out there by yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, how can the Holy Spirit direct your life as we've said if you're not connected to to God in in that way? Like how. How can I humble myself to be able to be used by Him mm-hmm. if I'm not connected in that relationship? Well, you love somebody, you pray for them. Yeah,
0: I, I, honestly, you know, you said does the Holy Spirit speak to you about or give an illustration? I, I'd forgotten this part. Hardly ever does He speak that you just go. Yeah, you, you've got to pray through that. Yeah, like should I do the? It, it was God telling me this. Was the devil telling me this? Is this? really that significant? Is it not? You know, is it not significant? And also this timing's everything.
1: It is. In in building of that relationship, um, it would be like if Catherine and I, if we're going about our life and, uh, you know, we, we got married, but after that, that ceased to be our conversation, then we would go about doing our own things, living our own passions, but never be connected to one another. And, and it would cause disconnect in, in a broken home. Um, And and for our relationship with God to thrive, it's not us just simply knowing, well, he knows all things, so why do I have to bring it? Because he asks us to. He wants us to reveal our hearts to him. He wants us uh, to speak into being what what he's placed in our hearts and and called him to. He wants to be interwoven uh, to what's going on. But at the same time, we've got to put in that effort um, because we're seeking as well. And so in our prayer life, it's not just that we're um, unloading everything, um, but, you know, we're thanking him for who he is. We're giving him praise and adoration. We're understanding that he is the source um, that that will help us in in every situation. He is the source that gives us hope and and the redemption that we've talked about. And so because of that, I can take comfort knowing that when I offer my prayer,
0: um, he's expecting of it and he receives it and he'll answer it. Well, Jim Maxwell in his book we went through, uh, 21 Days to Prayer Breakthrough, he said this, that prayed over ground is always easier to walk on than non-prayed over ground. Hmm. And and I've seen that so many times. If you care enough to offer prayer, I've even seen this happen. And and folks, test me in this. I'm, I'm just telling you, test me in this. You'll go there and it'll already be on their heart. Yeah. But if you hadn't prayed over it, you're going to find a confrontation. Let's move on to the next thing is this. Not only should you pray and walk in the Spirit and be resolved to endure, but one of the things, too, that, uh, Chris, I have learned over the years kind of, as I put this guide together, you've got to be willing to sit through other people's opinions. You've got to let them say the why. Mm. For example, if someone says, you say, hey, you're an alcoholic, there's no doubt of that, it's it's consuming your life, they may push back and say, no, I just do it two nights a week. It's really not that bad. But there, there's something, and folks, want to hear this. I want you to hear this. Isaiah 118, God says, Let us come together and reason, that though your sins be as scarlet, they may be brought to white as snow. You've got to listen to where they are. You can't just go with guns loaded and say, this is the way it is. Yeah,
1: yeah. you can't just go in just kicking down the doors and expecting, you know, the change. Um, and that's part of the endurance thing that we've already um, talked about. But... Um, if I'm able to sit and listen I'm showing them that I care as well um, and you have greater compassion
0: you said you mm-hmm. greater compassion
1: yeah and, and and I think that's key for us to work through those hard conversations but also receive them when the hard conversations come to us is that the, the time of talking and listening in that regard because it does show it and, and it circles back to our very first point love if I love you then I'm not just putting you down or pointing and in, 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 in finger pointing. But at the same time, I'm hearing, I'm trying to understand what caused you to
0: go down this road. And maybe my perspective was wrong. Well, that is so important right there. yeah. Because, But you'll never know unless you confront. Mm-hmm. If you always just think it might be. I always think of this illustration in years ago, and the person that was part of that is has gone on, on to heaven now. But there was a couple that came to our church. The man seemed to want to get involved. And his wife would come with him maybe at best once every eight weeks. And he would always say, or we would say to him, you can't work as a team unless you're together. And so we'd never let him lead something. And one day, I mean, I almost got a bitter spirit toward her. I was going to confront her to say, you're holding your husband back. She called me one day, Chris, and she said, Keith, I, just, I, I want to tell you why I'm not coming. And i like, how How did she know I was thinking this? Mm-hmm. You know, which was the Holy Spirit working. And she said, I want to tell you, she said, my, my husband is having an affair on me now. And he has had it for years. And I cannot come and support that. And she said, please forgive me if you think I don't care about God. She said, it's because I care about God and I care about the church that I'm doing what I'm doing. You talk about changing your perspective. Yeah, wow. And, and. And her husband was doing that, and he did get it get it straight. He's 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 in heaven today. She's living a product. I saw her about a couple of years ago, living a productive life. I had to ask for forgiveness. And some of you out there, you're you're going to be surprised when you go and confront. Now, if it's alcoholism, it's alcoholism. There may be reasons around it that that we may not know. But there's some things you confront. You're going to find it wasn't them, Lord. It was me. Hmm. And that's important that we have that humble spirit. So you would have to be committed to repentance in your yes. own life, yeah, and and
1: and turning away and say, you know what, I miss the mark here, and God, I'm sorry for that, and and uh, telling people you're sorry is not the, it's definitely not the easiest thing to do.
0: Well, tough stuff, tough stuff. Part of it, God, God will use that because if you have a bitter spirit an unforgiving spirit, you can't help it. You, you you're blaming them for mm-hmm. the poison you're drinking. Oh
1: wow, yeah, I think that's. <laughs> that is good, um, and and when we, <clears throat> I think, work through it in our personal lives, uh, and not just the hard stuff that we talk to strangers, but maybe in our marriage, you know, sometimes we may have a perception of what our wives are thinking, which is always a bad perception because we we should just entrust them and talk to them. Amen. Um, <laughs> and but sometimes we'll come to the table with our preconceived notion, and because of that, when we're working through the problem, when we're listening, we we'll realize. They're not the problem. I was, and I have to, you know, or you know, say, hey, I, I'm sorry. The reason we're in conflict right now is because I missed the mark. Mm-hmm. It wasn't you, like I thought it was. It was me, and and I apologize, and and please forgive me. And uh, and so I think that also when we get to that point, it helps humble us um, in our response, and um, and and being able to answer them.
0: Yeah, because sometimes. They'll come back with a with a question, and you'll yeah. say, you, "You can come up with some kind of quick answer." But there's times I'll just say, "I don't know." Yeah. But I'm going to find out. Yeah. Because you, and folks, in confronting people in love, because you want them to be redeemed to God in their circumstance, there's some questions that you may all suddenly realize, "This is why they are where they are," because this is a tough question.
1: Yep. And when you get through that, <laughs> when you get through that moment, um, and helping them and they're pushing back and they're seeking answers to that, the whole process rises and falls on on us trusting God with it all, of knowing that my intentions from the beginning was not of my own but to honor God in that. And if that's the case, then I have to trust that he's working. And as we've talked to and alluded to uh, through his spirit and how people will come back and say things before we even had a chance to talk to him, it's because the Holy Spirit's moving. It's through the prayer life. It's through my intentions. It's through all of those things. Um, it's because God is sovereign and he's in all and through all. And, and if as I believe that, then I know that he's guiding it. And so trusting God becomes
0: natural um, in that in that way. And it's not a burden it's not it's not a bird but but it is trust it is trust it, I, I don't have, i just have this in my mind this vision of a bunch of dominoes being being set up somebody's got to be the one to touch that front one before they all fall mm. that domino effect first uh, john 2 and 20 says god's given us the holy spirit and we don't need someone to teach us in that moment first john 4 and 4 greater is he who is in us you have that from god And God says in 1 John 5 and 18, the world is under the sway of the evil one, but you have God. And so I just want to encourage encourage you who are listening today, you can't talk about the tough stuff. And I've seen you do that in the years that we've been together. And, And, you know, when you start, and then I'm just kind of amazed because you you've grounded yourself in these principles. Hey I know we're kind of running out of time with this. I want to give you just really quickly some just some some things that will help you. Always do research, Bible research before you start. Always find out, always find out 2 Timothy 2:15. Find out if what you're thinking is right. Secondly, seek the wisdom of other people. There's safety, Proverbs says, in a multitude of counsel. Chris and I will often do that with ourselves, Pastor Eric, uh, other people, people on our staff. We're getting ready to have a wonderful meeting this evening in a particular situation. Seeking the counsel of a bunch of people, but we all have the same goal, is that of the Scripture. Also, this, make sure you know you can't handle it under your, alone. If it's really a difficult situation, take somebody with you. The Bible says that in Matthew 18. Take somebody with you. Go that, that cares for you, that loves them as well, that, that's there in that moment. So, hey, sometimes you, you go there, it may not be the right time. It may be a time you need to back off. Always have other people praying for you. There's just a, the, the power of prayer. And always be asking God, is it the right time? And then when it's the right time, the Bible says in Second Corinthians ten three through 5, that you can be mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. I am so glad, Chris, that God uses us to pull down strongholds. And this may not be a great way in the ordinary podcast, but back to Pat Summerall. When Pat Summerall went away for his rehab, he got saved. And he has a picture. Pat's died now with the Lord. He has a picture on the back page of his book. It's a picture of of a little boy that died in a car wreck. And the little boy's mother gave, gave her, her, uh, her liver to him. Oh, wow. Because his liver, he had cirrhosis. He was already dying. And it extended his life by 15 years. And he says in the back of the book, this picture reminds me that living inside of me is something that I did not earn, and it changed my life. And he's referring to the little boy, but also more importantly that Christ in us is the hope of glory. And so I just want to tell you, listen today, you may be the one that it's convicted you that you're the one that's got the tough stuff in you. I want to tell you, Jesus Christ can become the Lord of your life. Just ask Him right now to forgive you of your sin. Just ask Him to come in and be the Lord of your life. And when you do, I am telling you, just like Pat Summerall, you can go from dying to living. And for those of us as Christians who, who just know we need to talk about the tough stuff, just do it
1: right and so thank you for uh, those who have been listening uh, thank you for uh, the time that you continue to give us uh, each week uh, we're excited that we can come and talk about these things uh, with you and so uh, again if you wouldn't mind sharing uh, with people letting us know what you think um, you know sending us emails uh, following us on uh, the different socials uh, all of those things uh, but but more, most importantly, that when you are challenged that you would listen to the guiding of the Holy Spirit and make the challenge or the changes necessary in your own life. Again, thank you for listening in this week and we look forward to you listening and joining us in the future podcast as well.